talking about how to have an amazing life. And we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And each week we're taking one or two of these and seeing how we might develop more of that fruit in our life. And when you add all of them up together, that leads to an amazing life. Let me remind you of them, Galatians 5, 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you hear me now? Yes. Are we on? Good. All right. Yeah, I got to work on that patience one a little bit. That's, we're not going to preach on that one for a little while. I got I to gotta work on it some more. 
In fact, as I started this series, I thought, well, how well am I doing at all these? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, uh, I've got a lot of work to do myself. And I, and I think we all do. And that's why they're called the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit isn't something you get immediately. You don't go plant a fruit tree and then a month later come back and go, Where's my, where are my apples? Where are my cherries? You know, where are my peaches? I, I planted a fruit tree. I should have fruit. No, it takes time. It has to be nurtured. It has to be cultivated. It has to... Uh, be nourished in order to produce fruit. And, and all these things require that in our life as well. If you recall last week, I said that they're called the fruit of the Spirit, which makes it sound like this, the Holy Spirit is doing all the work and we don't have to do anything. But at the same time, we have to provide our effort, our diligence, our consistent uh, desire to develop these things. The Holy Spirit works in partnership with us to develop these fruit. Last week we talked about love, which is kind of the, the overarching fruit of all of them. If you don't have love, you're not going to have any of the rest of these. But the next two go together. I call them the twin fruits of joy and peace. And so I want to put those two together this morning. I've got a question for you. Right here, in this moment, in this place, are you happy? Are you happy? Think about that a minute. Some of you would say yes. But if you're honest, some of you would say no. I'm not happy at this moment in time. There's too much going on in my life. There are too many adverse circumstances that I'm having to deal with. Uh, I've got problems at work. I've got problems at home. I've got financial issues. I've got health problems. Uh, there are any number of factors that might contribute to unhappiness. Because that's what happiness is. Happiness is what happens to you. It's all dependent upon the situations and the circumstances that are going on around us. If everything is going my way, if my health is good, if my relationships are good, if I've got more money in the bank than I have bills to pay, <laughs> if my medical tests come back good, I could be reasonably happy. But you let a few of those things go wrong, and suddenly happiness is out the window. I mean, as Americans, we should be the happiest people on the planet. We, we live in one of the richest countries in the world. We have more rights and freedoms than most places in the world. We have almost unlimited opportunity to do what we want in life. And our country seems to be obsessed with happiness. Look at all the products out there and all the advice that is given to make you happy. You know, if you can just buy this, if you can just move here, uh, 
If you can just change that job to this one. You know, if you can just alter your circumstances, you can be happy. But we all know that's not true. And that's why the fruit of the Spirit is not happiness. The Constitution of the United States may guarantee you the right to pursue it, but it sure doesn't promise you'll ever find it. And neither does God. Happiness is not something He offers us. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. And while happiness is dependent on what's going on all around me, joy is something that emanates from within. There's a source, a joy source in my life, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's my personal relationship with Him and the presence of His Spirit in my life that gives me the ability to find joy even in the hardest times of life. Jesus is the perfect example. In John 15, 9 to 11, uh, now you need to know the context here. Jesus is about to die. Everything from John 13 to the end of the book happened the night before or the day he died or after his resurrection. In John 15, he's about to die. He's hours away from arrest, from being beaten, from being humiliated, from being crucified. And here's what he had to say. He said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now who in their right mind is thinking about joy hours before you're tortured and crucified? Jesus is. He could find joy in his suffering and death for two reasons. One, he knew that the Lord was going to be with him through it all. And two, he knew that he was fulfilling God's purpose in doing it. And having God's presence and fulfilling God's purpose gave him a sense of joy that the Roman whip couldn't destroy, that the nails in his hands and feet could not overcome. He died with the joy of the Lord in his life. I have an example of that that I live with every day in my wife Sue. The last four years have not been kind to her. If you talk about happiness, it's been hard to come by. She's had four surgeries, suffered two strokes, 54 chemotherapy treatments, and I can't even count the CT scans, PET scans, and labs that she's had to endure. But through it all, she has maintained this sense of joy in her life 
You see it up here when she sings. And I want you to know, the, the person you see here on Sunday is the person I get to live with every day. It's not something she puts on for church. I got to put on my joy attitude so I can go to church and make everybody think I'm good. That's what I wake up to every morning. Okay, okay. Well, most mornings, I wake up to some semblance of that, okay? Okay, let's just be real, you know, let's be real. <laughs> I wake up saying, this is the day the Lord has made. She wakes up speaking in tongues. You know, I don't even know what she's saying. But, but then she smiles. <laughs> and we go on with the day. See, that's, that's the fruit of the Spirit. It's joy. It's being able to have life throw you one curveball after another. And continue to maintain the attitude and the perspective of faith in your life. That produces genuine joy. I like what Pastor David Jeremiah said. Uh, he was commenting on a verse that Paul wrote. It said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Now, that's a great Bible verse if you would leave the word always out. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. I'd say amen to that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, I got a problem with always. <laughs> I struggle with always. And yet here's, here's what Pastor Jeremiah said about that. He said we may not be able to rejoice in our load but we can rejoice in our Lord. We may find no joy in our situation, but we can rejoice in our Savior. To rejoice in the Lord means we rejoice in our unassailable, unchanging relationship with Christ. That's what joy is. That's where joy comes from. And that's what we're asking the Holy Spirit to develop in our life. I don't ever ask God for happiness. I don't say, Lord, make me happy. Because I know if he makes me happy this minute, ten minutes later, it could be gone. I ask for the better thing. I ask him to give me his joy in my life. Let your joy be complete in me. And then that brings us to peace. Say so these two kind of go hand in hand. The more of the Lord's joy you have in your life, the more peace you will find. And the more peaceful you are, the more joy you will find in your life. These two just kind of play off of each other. Now the Bible talks about three different types of peace. First of all, you have peace with God. Peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our sin has made us enemies of God. The Bible makes that clear. 
He created us. He loves us. His desire is for us to be in relationship with him. But when, when humanity chose to sin, they chose to put themselves at odds with God. The word peace in the Greek language in which the New Testament's written means to join together. So peace is the joining together of that which has been torn apart. And Christ came along to say, I am going to remove their sinfulness through my sacrifice. And then we no longer have to be God's enemies. We can become his children. So through Christ we have peace with God, and once we have peace with God, then we can experience peace from God. John 14, 7 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This world often troubles my heart. This world often fills me with fear. But in the midst of that, I can turn to the Lord in my life and receive his peace. I can find calm in the middle of the storm. I have peace with God so that I can receive peace from God and then I experience the peace of God. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. When I was a small child, uh, I was afraid of a lot of things. <laughs> I was not the bravest kid in the world. Man, I just, I would, I would get afraid of things. Uh, but then my dad would come along. My dad was not a real big man. He was only 5'7". Weighed about 150 pounds. He's a pretty small guy. But when I was with my dad... I wasn't afraid of anything. As long as he came beside me, as long as he went with me, I could experience peace because I knew he loved me and I knew he was going to take care of me. And we can know the same thing about our Heavenly Father. There is nothing in this world that I have to be afraid of except snakes. Uh, snakes are just bad all the way around. There's nothing, nothing good. Uh, we may have a snake lover out here that actually has some. Well, God bless you if, if you do. But uh, I'm not sure even the Lord's presence is getting me through snakes. I hope so. I hope so. But... Uh, you know, I'm not afraid of things. I'm not afraid of health problems. I'm not afraid of, of situations and circumstances and things that might come against me in life because I have a God who is bigger. He's like my dad. 
my heavenly father. He comes alongside me and I said, I don't have to be afraid anymore. He's here. He's going to take care of me. I want to wind up with John 16, 33. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Did you catch the fact that's in John 16? And remember what I told you about everything after John 13? This is the night before he dies. And he's saying he's overcome the world. The world is about to unleash horror upon him. But he said, I've overcome it. I've already won the battle. It's going to look like I lose. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Through Jesus Christ and through the power of his spirit in our life, we can develop the, the fruit of joy and the fruit of peace. And instead of being overcome by the situations and circumstances of this world, we can be overcomers. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love us that you're a big God and nothing in this world can come between us and you. You've promised us in your word that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And because that's true, may we know your joy. May we know your peace. Even in the worst moments of life, we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. The world does not have the ability to give us true love, true joy, or true peace. They have a, an imitation version of all three of those things. But if you want the real deal, you can only get it through Christ. And that means accepting him as your Lord and Savior. And during this time each week of this invitation, we invite you to come to receive Christ as your Savior. Um, We'll arrange for your baptism and start you on that path of developing this fruit in your life. So I invite you to come as we stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 35, verses 1 and 3. Oh.
near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace, near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. My faith looks up to Restore the broken hearted 